to the ashes of the Imperium. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ashes of the Imperium. My name is Dan and once again I'm joined by the lovely Steve. How are you, Steve? Yes, I'm good, mate. It's a, it's a Friday in our timeline. It is a Friday in this current realm, this yep. current iteration of Ashes of the Imperium. And today we are talking all about the latest Arcs of Omen book, that which is titled Barsite. Bum, bum, yes. bum. Yes. Now, a slight apology to make, because this one will be hot on the heels of our um, Vashtor uh, coverage. So both episodes will be released uh, almost back to back because uh, we didn't get the Vashtor one out in time uh, through some various work commitments. I wasn't able to edit it in time. So you'll get two two episodes for the price of one this weekend. Bonus. Charge a extra. Billy bonus. Oh, absolutely. Double the cost of nothing. So <laughs> this is, uh, I guess coming towards the end of the Arxomen saga because we we know what the next one's going to be don't we we do we do and we know it's the last one so um yeah yeah so we've had some releases i think i think we're going to have a special release preview show planned we will yeah absolutely we will be talking so, about uh the adepticon reveals uh at a later date and wow just you know immediate reaction was just i was absolutely blown away by it um we don't want to we don't want to gush too excitedly on on this episode because uh that'll uh that'll be the point for the next one <laughs> uh but we, we do know that the next episode of uh arc Soman is going to be the lion it's going to feature the return of the dark Angel of primarch lionel johnson what a stunning model what an exciting time in the law of 40k uh, and overall yeah really looking forward to it yeah yeah so th- this is going to um can continue um Vashtor and our tale for searching for the keys um but we do take a little bit of a side side trip here don't we yeah a bit of a weird one um i feel like farsight not necessarily shoehorned into the uh, <laughs> the narrative um but uh yeah I suppose we've 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 had three big chaos baddies, and then we've just got a book about Farsight randomly. <laughs> um, it's kind yeah. of like you know you know those episodes of Lost, <laughs> where it's just a bit of backstory and like a side story, and you're like, how is this relevant to the main plot? Yeah, it's kind of like that. It it, it is arcs light. It's like a lot less calories of arc in this one, and I mean I, I think it's interesting that there's some lovely lo- lovely nuggets scattered throughout here and some really interesting insights um uh some of that might be in the fact that i am not um i don't know all the lore inside and out so there's some things that pop up that i kind of go i didn't know that um but again i think what these books have been able to do through the story side of it is give us kind of the views of the protagonists through their eyes you know whether it is in this case farsight or we, we we get to see what some of the orcs are doing although that's mainly let's have a scrap but you know that's that's pretty much as as intellectual as they get though really isn't it Dan? well i don't know i quite like the uh the idea of the telefragger gun mm. um that was quite an exciting thing uh yeah. basically like weaponized warp technology um yeah enjoyed that enjoyed that for the orcs um was expecting to see Snickrot in this book as well. Um, yeah. Amazing new model released at the same time as Farsight in um, in the boarding patrol box, and uh, 
and uh, it just it's it's not about Snickrot at all. You know, it starts oh. talking off uh, about Nasdreg and the bad moons, and I'm thinking, oh, at, at some point Snickrot's going to arrive. He's going to you know stealth his way in, and he just he just doesn't. So maybe he's uh maybe he's going to appear in a future book, or maybe 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 it's just a cool new model. It's just out, and uh, he's not really involved in the narrative. Yeah. I mean, when you get a galaxy-wide uh, campaign where these bell fleets are darting about all over the place, then I guess I guess we can't cover every single uh, uh, eventuality. I think it kicks off in an interesting way. We, we it kind opens of... with Farsight having visions, doesn't it? Yeah, of him yeah. effectively falling to chaos and being like a a corn. Um, uh, you know, a servant of corn. It's a nice bit of foreshadowing of, of what's going to happen. I think it it it, it does quite nicely. I, I, obviously, we he's um, we get a sense of his character and his motives, and um, yeah, it, it does definitely seem it kicks off with a bit of a side fight between him and some orcs, um, and yeah, it all goes a bit sideways quite quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you've got. Uh, Farsight scrapping with the orcs. He sees some visions and and is a bit kind of concerned by them. Um, then it kind of introduces us to some Alpha Legion operatives who are hiding amongst the Death Watch. Uh, they're in cahoots with Vashtor and they're hunting down the key fragment. So uh, Vashtor instructs them to go and find the key the key fragment, which is on the planet. And uh, they basically join the battle just as Farsight is having this. Um, kind of big showdown with Nasdreg, uh, who is the kind of the big war boss of the Bad Moons. Uh, and that sort of is is around the, this kind of like orc doom tech, doomsday tech, the Telefragger gun, which is kind of weaponized warp technology. And uh, the orcs just building these huge Telefragger guns. And Farsight is uh, is kind of launching this decapitation strike to to destroy these these weapons of mass destruction. So uh, in a typically 40k-esque fashion, you've got several large factions converging on a single point <laughs> uh, with various different ends and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, hilarity ensues. Yeah, it's a battle uh, rich, isn't it, and what we, what we get here. I mean, one of the things, so you say about the Alpha Legion hiding out um, inside the Death Watch ship. I mean, it's quite nicely described how they've kind of in a lower deck area, they've kind of woven this almost like a nest of, of um, talismans and stuff so that they can kind of communicate with Vashtor without being detected on board the ship. So that was quite nice. I quite liked that. It was kind of a, a little bit more personal rather than the big sweeping battle cruiser fights that we get or we have got with this series. So think that was interesting i think the other thing is as well and again you probably know better than me dan but we definitely see before the alpha legion reveal themselves that the the death watch are happy to kind of sit and observe the ongoing battles and that they've obviously got this sort of stealth technology yeah they, and it should using. be pointed where where did they get that stealth technology from steve yes yes that's what i want to know they it, stole it from the towel by the sounds of it yes Yes. So, uh, dabbling in Xenos technology. I'm not sure what the uh, the Inquisition would say about that. Yeah. So that was a nice touch. I think it was just. I think when you get that sort of unexpected kind of uh, insight into what is possible, rather than what you should be doing, and I guess that goes for the whole kind of elite, best of the best of the best with honors and all that, that they can have a little bit of leeway with 
what they do. The Death Watch ship is uh, the bleak missive, and the ship's crenellated hull was hidden from the sensors of the Tau. Uh, it was hidden from the sensors of the Tau warships by a retro-engineered adaptation of their own stealth field technology. Small versions of these same stealth shroud generators conceal a swarm of advanced service goals, which even now observe the dying moments of the battle on Werborg. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it is interesting how uh, the Death Watch work. I've always, I've always liked the idea of a Death Watch army, um, just for the sort of the variety of different, uh, you know, being a bit of a hobby butterfly, the variety of different models that you can paint as a result of it. Yeah. But um, you know, when it comes to the rules, I think, it, I think the complexity of the Death Watch rules <laughs> always put me off. I like the yeah. idea of it, but uh, perhaps not the army itself, rules wise. Yeah, definitely suited for kind of boarding action, combat patrol, that kind of smaller. If you've oh, got, yeah, absolutely. If you've got 2,000 points of those, and uh, the options are, are just endless, although maybe that'll be get easier. Oh, if then. only there was a streamlined <laughs> version of the game coming out, Steve. Mm. <laughs> what, with everything on a one-day sheet? So you didn't uh, have to stop it, stop book. it. This is the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Right. Too uh, so um, let's uh, let's fast forward back onto the uh, kind of planet where uh, the Tau and the Orcs are having their scrap. One of my uh, one of my favourite moments is um, basically Farsight and his eight. You know the the, the crew, hateful are, eight. the hateful eight, are, are cruising into the uh, the centre of the Orcs camp to kind of destroy these weapons, and they've uh, they've lured Nasdrag and and his his war party out into the uh, into the kind of wider battle. And Nasdrag realises that. Uh, that he's been had and realizes that actually perhaps uh Farsight isn't where the battle's thickest. He's he's you know back at base hunting down these uh these telefragger guns. So he uh <laughs> he basically uses like a warp jump device to jump his uh, battle wagon back and that just the description is hilarious. So <laughs> It is now that the warlord, i.e. Nasdrek, uh, proved once again why he was known for his cunning as much as his brawn and wealth. Having tired of being dodged and shot from afar by the tower, Nasdrek had commanded his best mech boys to fit colossal shock jump projectors to his battle fortress that could propel him into the heart of any fight in an eye blink. At his bellowed command, the generators were activated and their destination plotted. Spinning ever faster amidst leaping arcs of warped energy, the projectors ripped open a glowing green portal into which Nasdrek is uh, driver accelerated with a howl of glee. An instant later, a huge green rent split in the air 20 feet above the floor of the mech's workshop. Track spinning, and with green skin passengers hanging on for dear life, the armoured bulk of the Git Crusher erupted from the portal and dropped to the ground with a deafening crash. I love it. As daft as anything Orcish should be, and it's absolutely great. So, yeah. I, I, I think the thing is, there's a couple of mentions as well as to the kind of towel looking at some of these um, weapon systems that the, the orcs have. And as much as they mock them in a way and that they are so ramshackle and rubbish, they still do um, respect them because it may not be smart, it may not be clever, but it does actually produce a lot of a lot of dacker and a lot of damage. So, oh yeah. yeah. Do you remember the uh, the Forge World Orc Battle Fortress model? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. A, a big beast. Yeah, that's that's a lot of resin. Yeah, yeah. There were some amazing kits. Some amazing kits. Always had a hankering to do the uh, the grot tanks. Oh yeah. I, I just I, I always come back to orcs as a great idea, just because they are they are so hilariously silly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan always, of the Orcs. It's, it's, it's always that thing, isn't it? You know, 
the sillier it is, the more serious you need to take it. So that, that you just need to be absolutely consistent with your stupidity and it'll be brilliant. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, choo- I think for me, it'd be choosing, much like anything, it'd be choosing a clan to go for. You know, I, I liked my, the idea of my, uh, my Snakebites clan, but then, uh, you know, a Bad Moons clan with like loads of um, like big battle wagons and vehicles or, you know, maybe that would, vehicles that would be Evil Sons. Who knows? There's just so much to choose from. So much to choose from. Anyway, back to the Arcs of Omen. What happens then? They're having the big scrap. They destroy the teleporters or the, uh, the telefraggers, rather. Um, Farsight then kind of gets like dumped by WhatsApp voice note, doesn't he? <laughs> well, he's kind of he um, he sees what's going on, but actually, what happens is right at the moment where actually he could he's taken out the big boss, and what he's absolutely expecting now is a load of infighting, huge. Um, loss of command and control amongst the orcs where he can actually go in and kind of clean up sort things out but somebody arrives in system and who arrives now it's time to queue a uh, arc of omen the unhallowed Mm. so commanded by the black legion demon prince you have a go down uh, you sound like you've got something stuck in your throat. Anyway, our, <laughs> our boy Big U turns up. Yeah, and, Big uh, U, the solely. Uh, yeah, Big U. <laughs> He's a demon prince. He's got a crew. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the usual the usual kind of mishmash of Chaos Warbands. Um, not sure whether, you know, they're all fighting for the same thing. You know, some of the narrative talks about them going off and doing their own thing once again. Um I mean, being a, chaos, got- being a chaos warlord must be so frustrating, you know, <laughs> like guys just like, you know, you've got some word bearers in your crew and they just like go off and start sacrificing people and doing their little rituals. You're just like, guys, just, you know, you can do your rituals later. We've got to find the key fragment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, herding cats, isn't it? Yeah. We herding get, like we- very aggressive cats as well. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah but, uh, we do get teased because the night lords get mentioned, but we don't really get to see them in action or they're not described in action anyway but they're all part of this um this bail fleet that comes in so we do actually get a little insight here which i don't think i've mentioned before but um vashtor is installed in each of the um arcs um a collection of psychers whose whole role is they're kind of tuned aligned i don't know what you call it but they their job is to be able to sense where the keys are oh yeah Uh, i can't remember whether we had that before but specifically on this one that they did uh they did have that but then they all went a bit wibble and effectively big you the demon prince has kind of just got to like scour the uh, planet sector by sector looking for the the fragment yes yes um but so uh, so actually, I've jumped ahead a bit there because what happens is um, the Tau are about to d- deal with the Orcs. Chaos turned up. They're going to get smashed in the middle. So they make a run for it to a planet in system. But this planet has certain significance because it's a dead world, I think the phrase is. And so it's a, for the Tau especially, it's a... Um, forbidden planet and it's actually the planet it's called Arshthamolok that is the the original encounter for Farsight 
where he found his sword, where he found his um, desire to be this kind of all, all gun, all, all, not all guns, but all, all, all fighting combat beast that he is. Um, and when he was there last time, they um, kind of accidentally opened a portal on something called the Great Star Dias. And out of it became these uh, demonic creatures. So they kind of nuked it from orbit with plasma fire to try and shut everything down and then basically shut the door. Um, but Farsight gets basically blocked into a corner. It's either fight the orcs or get sandwiched between the chaos as well. So he makes a run for this planet. Arthas oh, Moloch. Thank you very much. And um, But he does send a messenger pod ship craft unmanned um back to the ethereal saying look we're doing a good job here and we could do with some help um and there's a really interesting twist that he puts on it so what he says is if you come and help and save my people because he basically sees this as a a kind of a it's going to be a it could well be a, a final fight for him he says he will uh surrender if the rest of the tower empire come and help so he's kind of sent this this desperate message um, and he's kind of hoping and, and the, the, the story is he says, right, we're never going to beat all this lot in space. We're going to make planet fall. We're going to scatter guerrilla warfare and we're just going to hold out long enough for the Empire to come and save the day. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird, a bit of a gamble, but basically his plan is to bring all the enemies to one place and I think then like use the star death altar to summon demons to kill everyone. Is that right? I think that becomes his backup. Uh, he, he's kind of like, if I really, if it gets that bad, we'll do that. But ideally using all the skills and technologies that we have is we'll try and draw orcs on the planet towards chaos on the planet and try and get them to fight and we'll just kind of hit and run where we can and but what we can't do is we can't let anyone find the dais we've got to protect that yeah because he because he, he wanted he wanted the solution to not be the dais that's right so he says uh, uh he knew the location of star dais uh, and he theorized he might be able to uh, unleash the Molochites upon his, his unsuspecting foes. He viewed this as a horrifying strategy of last resort. So, what we, you know, we, we see a whole range of fights going on. Um, and, yeah, we, we, we lose at least one, if not more, of the eight. Um, uh, one of which is, is so badly damaged that they kind of have to put the pilot uh, into stasis and hopefully get him a new suit at some stage. Um, but during this time, we definitely see Farsight kind of become more driven to getting the fight, and not just in a leadership's kind of way that he's always been known to take the f forefront, but I think even he sees in himself this um, kind of anger. And it's, it's anger that he's in the position, it's, it's anger that he's not getting help from the tau empire yet and i yeah i think he starts to lose a little bit of self-control oh yeah he's definitely kind of succumbing to some kind of chaotic urges um and you know he's still having these visions of him wielding this big chain axe so yeah it's it's quite interesting because you know 
Tau and Chaos don't. It's not really a thing that happens, is it? No, because I mean they they can't use the warp. They are kind of uh, uh, neutral. They're a kind of not immune to it, but they ha- they have no connection to it at all, do they? So yeah, them- so it's, it's interesting to see you know Farsight be uh, affected in this way. Yeah. So that's when that's when uh, Alnvar, the kind of the big the big boss. Uh, ethereal kind of sends his little drone back and it's just like nah (laughs) (laughs) computer says no (laughs) nah i'm I'm not having this you've been a right dick (laughs) to us all i'm not helping you out now it's kind of what he says yeah yeah it is it's exactly that and it's that kind of yeah for the greater good well for the greater good you you're on your own chap. It, it really is that kind of thing. Uh, and that definitely feeds into Farsight's anger. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that pushes him, basically, uh, especially as his forces are slowly getting kind of whittled away. Uh, you know, they can't they can't escape every ambush. Um, and meanwhile, the bad guys are beginning to see a pattern in where he will stand and where he won't stand or... Um, and began to see there seems to be this sort of northern region on the planet where they they're kind of fighting back harder or they're definitely not retreating from and he kind of ends up revealing where the dais is doesn't he yeah by by not by defending it in certain areas defending certain specific areas well and and not doing it in other places it kind of leads the enemy to to where the dais is doesn't it yeah yeah meanwhile up in up in uh, orbit, the um, oh, what's it called? The missive, the the bleak missive, the Death the, Watch ship. Yeah, um, basically, Vashtor green lights them to get on with it, do do their mission, and they absolutely take over the ship. I mean, the don't get a sense of how many there are of the actual uh, Alpha Legion. It feels like there's a handful. Uh, so. Yeah, so it does actually say out of the 34 space marines aboard the bleak missive, a full score were covert Alpha Legion operatives. Uh, so more than half. Go. You yeah. got 20 versus 14. Um, and because, you know, because there's this brother turning on brother, they uh, they take over the ship pretty um, pretty well, pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, whilst, whilst the warriors that are loyal to the imperium do kind of make a defiant stand they ultimately lose to lord glass and his operatives and uh it says soon again the bleak missive was burning full speed for an intercept with arthur's moloch's atmosphere by the time the alpha legionnaires escaped the doomed frigate aboard an armored dropship multiple orc and chaos warships had detected it and opened fire as Lord Glass and his surviving warriors sped down towards the ruin belt and the armies battling through it, the bleak missive was blasted into blazing wreckage in their wake, and with it, any trail or record of their deeds. Sneaky buggers. Sneaky little so-and-sos. Yes. Yes. That's, 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 again, that's another nice sort of kind of... We know what they do, but how do they do it? It's nice to get these little kind of actual, you know in-action insights, so I, I enjoyed that part of the story. But, um, yeah, so what what they're after and what the Tau discover, um, but because they're doing these hit and runs and because they haven't got the time, there is discovered, not too far from the dais, a wreck, isn't there, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so once, uh, 
once the Alpha Legion kind of jettison themselves off the ship, they basically head towards not the dais where Farsight's having this kind of big like last stand and he's using the dais of blood's kind of blood sacrifice, you know, rule mechanic, you know, roll a dice and summon that many <laughs> demons to defend yourself. Uh, so whilst that big scrap's going on, the Alpha Legion effectively you know, sneak into a into an area where there's a mangled dark talon fighter craft. Yeah. And uh and they effect they they effectively just recover the recover the fragment in in stealth and then disappear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they just go uh, standard operating procedure for any Ark of Omen. They go back to the Ark itself, uh, the unhallowed and on board of which is the um, warp gate that every one of them has. Um, and that allows them to um, speed jump back to Vashtor, who's obviously, you know, filling out his Panini book of um, key fragments. Absolutely. Get that shiny sticker on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Still a, still at least a couple short. So, yeah. So, yeah. And, and another example where uh, machinations of chaos are that just cause a big fight and when no one's looking... Somebody nick in the back door, nick the apple pie, and leg it. Oh, and meanwhile, the the scrap is raging on, and Farsight kind of pretty much falls into this blood rage, and uh, and just when he's on the brink of, I suppose, like complete losing his mind, he kind of he has a moment of clarity, and he and he extracts his team away. So, and that's really the kind of end of it. Is. I'd say that's probably the most exciting bit because he's he sent the his ships ships that he had. They literally emptied everything onto the dead world. They scooped off and hid somewhere else in the system. And basically, he just rolled the dice and said, "Come at me full speed. Send down stuff to come and pick me up. We're either going to do this or not. You're either going to make it through the ships in orbit and be able to come down and grab us, or you won't. Or we won't be. We might be able to get there." And yeah, it was it was a big roll of the dice, but yeah, uh, he manages it. He, he he survives. And then the the um the sort of book kind of ends with them uh, detecting uh, life on this dead planet, and um, it kind of ends with this like really cheesy line of uh, they find, <laughs> they find a little kind of green plant coming out on this planet, which is a planet that they've like effectively exterminated and burnt with plasma fire. Um, because uh, someone's like, oh, Farsight, what's this? And he goes, that, that's just hope, you know. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. cheesy as heck. Cheesy as all heck, but, you know, <laughs> fine. Yeah, so yeah, maybe, maybe it's not super clear, but I kind of feel like his, was his vision him being tested? Has he passed the test? Um, and, it, you know, at least he knows exactly where he is with the rest of the Empire and the Ethereals. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't really get a sense that the Tau understood anything about the fragment or anything like that. They, yeah, they you, too- you and me both, Tau. <laughs> I, I, so I, I found this this element of the narrative. Um, was it conf- is confusing the right word? I'm not sure, but it just felt a little bit disjointed from the main narrative. Yeah. Like, the story is, and I know you can probably boil down, uh, you know, all, all Warhammer stories to to this level of absurd- absurdity, but. Uh, the town, the orcs are having a fight and chaos turn up and have a bigger fight with the wall. But when no one's looking, the alpha legion arrive and steal the fragment and leave. Yeah. I can't argue with that. Yeah. 
and there's no there's no kind of it for me it doesn't feel like there's a kind of big like grand narrative arc that that kind of supersedes this whole thing apart from you know it clearly being about a key fragment and maybe that is it's just it just it seems a little bit disjointed that's that's my view on this book in terms of the narrative it's cool like if you like tao uh and especially you know seeing farsight it's got some some interesting snippets about him and you know he's now he's always been like uh in exile but he's now super super exiled yeah. um and so yeah you get a bit you know get a bit closure there if you're a, a farsight enclaves fan but yeah, no, I just felt uh, I felt that it was it, this felt slightly disjointed from the main Arxvoman kind of narrative arc. I, I was kind of expecting Farsight to have a part of it, or he was maybe the had a key element, whether it was his sword or. Do you know what I mean? The, it, 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 if you said to him afterwards, "Hey, you're part of the Ark of Omen," he'd go, "What? A what?" So. Yeah, I, th- I think I think there are some cool scenes that you could definitely go away and do some narrative play with. A, a big canyon fight, uh, maybe the the fight through the workshops um, after the the super weapons. I, th- I think there's definitely bits and bobs in there. Um, but yeah, I, I think probably the, the weakest of of the books. And I think I think in some ways, because it's happening on planets and on dioceses and stuff like that, there doesn't seem to be particularly many ship-bound fights. So when we go into the rest of the book, where we are looking at rules and missions, which are all boarding patrol, it doesn't kind of match so much for me. Does that make sense? There's, I think there's... Uh a little reference to some orcs jumping onto the unhallowed at some point. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, but apart from that, yeah, it's, this is very much a, uh, a more traditional 40 K battle and seems therefore seems slightly disconnected from the kind of boarding patrol type actions that you get, as you say, in the back of the book. Um, but it does also have, um, multiplayer rules. Yes. Which is interesting. Which fits in nicely because obviously we had three, three lots of people fighting in the story. So that's, that's a, that's a nice fit. I think that works. Uh, and um, it has a so it has a new a new style of boarding actions. If if you're if you're playing boarding actions and you're enjoying that, and it's this is called the the dark depths missions. Deep within the heart of these ancient vessels are unexplored areas, twisted and altered by their journeys through the warp. The rules represented uh, presented rather in this section provide a new way to play, representing two rival warbands coming across one another in these strange and dangerous sections. Uh, and these are half sized mission maps. Uh, so. Each requiring only one of the two game board, two game boards that are found within the 40k boarding actions terrain set. So if you've got like one of the kill team boxes with uh, these things, then this is a way to play uh, even smaller games, like a smaller uh, terrain wise. But you'd still use the same size boarding patrol. Yeah, it's going to be fast and furious, isn't it? That is going to be pretty intense. Uh, but I thought that's quite cool. Um, you know, that would probably play a bit quicker as well if you're trying to get a, a game in over lunch or something um yeah i think it's really interesting and and again the you know you've got all the rules for the various factions i think we've seen uh not to steal the sandwiches from the next episode but we have seen that uh stratagems are going to be significantly streamlined and i think you can see that from the the way they're presenting the rules here in the boarding action rules yeah and and we have had confirmation that um boarding action as it stands here will be playable within 10th ed without there being changes. So this, this has been all written with 10th edition in mind. So if you think, oh my God, I've just invested in these books, 
playing boarding actions and they're going to be useless when the new one that's not true you're all good to go and again we've got indexes coming so yeah i think if you're enjoying boarding actions and enjoying the story then you can keep playing that all summer and onwards so that's good happy days so there we have it that's the that's the a quick run through the penultimate oxford book um not a huge amount to talk about uh because some of it is just kind of starting to repeat uh you know we don't want to start reading you all the rules uh from the back of it uh there's other content channels that go into the rules in a bit more detail uh and yeah hopefully you've enjoyed that little run through of the of the narrative that is presented in this book and uh, we look forward to talking all about the new reveals in future episodes and uh, we'll also discuss the Oxford Lion book when it gets released. Excited for that. Very it's, excited. It's, it's, it's the, we, well, basically, it's the last book. So we're going to find out, do they make the Uber weapon? Do they get enough key fragments together? Don't they? What does it do? What doesn't it do? So, yeah, we're, we're uh, ready for the, the big finale. Season A- end there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Uh, you can find us uh, on at AOTI40K on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, of course, we are continuing to upload the stuff to YouTube where you can uh, listen to our um, podcast episodes there as well. Until next time, keep calm and crusade on. Cheers, guys.